Welcome, and thank you for stopping by Biker Church, Wiley, Texas. Let's go on in and see what J.R. Franklin has to teach us today. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. This is first Sunday. Y'all know what happens on first Sunday, right? Communion. Communion. We're going to have communion this morning. We're going to have a message this morning. We're going to have singing this morning. We're going to have praise and worship. We're going to have an offering given. All the things that we do every Sunday, okay? So, without further ado, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this time we have to come together in the house of the Lord this morning. I ask that you bless this place today. Come into this place with your Holy Spirit. Let it fill us. Let it follow us. Let it lead us, guide us, and direct us in the way that you have us to go. Watch over us. Bring us peace and comfort. Healing. And all the things that we need. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Bless the offering too, by the way. <laughs> We got a lot going on, a lot of things happening around. Any? We fired up back here yet? No, we didn't get up. Okay. I tell you what, the devil's trying to stop this message this morning, so it must be good. Can I say something while we're waiting on that? Hey, y'all, yeah. do me a favor. A couple named Dustin and Michelle, we met a few weeks ago. Y'all keep their family in your prayers. They're supposed to have a grandbaby next month. And they just called the family this weekend and told them that instead of picking out cribs, they need to pick out other forms of, yeah, the baby's heart is beating into the lungs, not into the veins, and the liver is attached to the heart. So they said they'll need, every major organ needs a, a, a transplant. So we're just praying that no matter what God does, he still works in this family. Because what, the family was divided until now, and now... The, the daughter is inviting the mother back into the relationship Amen. for support, which I told her it doesn't matter what it takes to get back in the door, get in the door. Amen. So y'all just pray that God has his hand on this no matter what happens. Amen. Well, we all know we all know that God can do miraculous things, yes, right? He can. <laughs> he can reroute plumbing. He can rechange things. He can, he can go in there and fix this. So let's put them in our prayers this week, every day. Let's be praying for that family until we hear different. And then whichever way it goes. Let's be praying for the family anyway. Heavenly Father, I ask that you bless this, this communion that we're about to receive. Let it be done in the name of the glory of Jesus Christ. And bless the offering that we're about to take up to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm next. Right now? Hey, y'all, it's my turn. Don't be seated. Wow. What a morning, right? Got a bunch of business took care of real quick. We double did, double dip. All right. This is Communion Sunday, so we're going to get ready to that right now. Okay. When Jesus was facing his crucifixion and his arrest and his betrayal, he knew that he was coming. And he wanted to spend one last time with his disciples and have a Passover meal with them. And a Passover meal. If you don't know the story behind the Passover, it's when Pharaoh set a curse on himself in the, in the whole world. God gave him the chances to set his people free, and he told him the next curse would be of his own doing, his own name. And he wanted to kill all the firstborn Jewish children. 
Israel, Israel's children. So, what happened? They became worldwide. They became nationwide. All countries and all races and all everybody's firstborn child was to be put to death. And God has mercy. Y'all know that, right? God is merciful. And he gave the alternative to death coming to the firstborn. He told all of them to put the lamb's blood on their doorpost and the header of their doors. And when the angel of death came by, he would pass them by. Thus the word, Passover. So the ones that believed in God and trusted God actually painted their doorpost with the blood of the lamb. And death came, and death passed them by. And it was a big celebration for them. And it became a tradition in the Jewish church and in the Jewish life. So it, it has significance. So Christ wanted to spend one last time with them. So he called his disciples together and told them to go prepare the meal and get it ready. Now God, Christ knew what was coming to him, right? They didn't understand it. We talked about that in several teachings throughout the Bible studies and stuff we have at church. That the early Christian, uh, early believers in Christ didn't understand what he said when that he said that he wasn't going to be with them long. But he knew it was coming, so he had this meal with them. And at the end of the meal, he took the bread that was on the table. And he held the bread up to his father, and he said this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, this is my body that will be broken for them. And he told the disciples, take and eat. And after they'd all finished eating the, the bread, he picked up the cup. And he said a prayer to God like this. Dear Heavenly Father, this represents the blood that I'm going to shed for their sins and iniquities. And to seal the covenant between you and them. And he said, take and drink. And when they finished drinking, he came back to them. And he said to them that they should do this in remembrance of him. At all times, do this in remembrance of me. And he said, do it often. And we've talked about it several times in here about how often is often. Every day. Every day. Once a week, once a month, whatever you want to consider often, you consider your own often. Okay? But we should be in communion with God in Christ every day. So, why do we do this? Do you really know why you take communion? To remember what Christ did for us. The body that was broken was broken on the post. During the beating that he took prior to being crucified. The blood came from his own body that he shed. Not only to wash away our sins, but also to seal a covenant between him and God and us. But we need to take communion regularly. We need to do it often. We need to do it with reverence to who he is. As a matter of fact, he tells us, if you're not right with me, if you don't know me, 
it's actually a curse for you to do it. Because you can't do something in honor of somebody if you don't honor them. Okay? All right. Uh, lost the abuse here on one good. I know it's good. Let's go to the Lord and ask Him to bless the reading of the Word today. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to bless the reading of your Word this morning. Encourage my tongue. Let the Holy Spirit fill me that I may be able to translate your message to these folks today. Then open their ears that they may hear it and their eyes that they may see. Let the Word of God penetrate deep into their spirits. Let them understand what you're saying to them today. Because it's not about us. It's about you. And how we respond to your teachings. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You know, this is really crazy. <laughs> I have looked at this 15 times this morning and now I've lost it again. Malachi. Malachi chapter 2. 3, nine. 2. Huh? 3. Okay, that's why I can't find it. <clears throat> that's not it either. 3, 2. <sighs> okay, here we are. That's why I keep her around, y'all. <laughs> Y'all believe that? No, that's what Shelby told me. <laughs> oh, that's what Shelby told you. <laughs> All right. This morning's message. Is it in Malachi? It's in Malachi. Malachi 3. Malachi 3, verse 2. Tell me when you get there. Amen. Are ready? Here we go. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like the refiner's fire. And he launders soap. He will set us as a refiner, as purifies silver. He will purify the sons of the Levites and purge them as gold and silver. They may offer the Lord an offering of righteousness. All right. You know that Christ is purifying, right? We talked about the blood that he shed. His blood also purifies. Now, they talked about the refiner, the silver refiner or the gold refiner. I'm going to tell you a little story about silver, okay? Some of you know this, some of you may not. When you put silver in a pot and melt it, it purifies it by heat. The sludge of the silver, the dirt of the silver, and all the stuff that's impure of it comes to the top. But underneath that layer of filth is a layer of purity. And what happens is when all that filth floats up to the top, the refiner takes a little scraper at the top of the bowl and he scrapes all that off. Do y'all believe that Christ does that to you? He'll take all your trash. He'll refine you to the purity that he wants. And when he brings all the trash to the top, he brushes it off. 
Sometimes it takes a dump truck to get it off of some of us. But reality to the story is the purification of our of ourselves comes from the blood of Christ and also through fire. What is our fire? What is our fire really? Trials. Tribulations. Tests. All the things that we go against, all the things that we think God has put against us to destroy us, it's not to destroy us. It's to refine us. Now, the other part of that refinery process is when the refiner gets it to the pure state, and there's no more sludge on it, and there's no more gunk on it, what does he see? But what does he really see? No. He sees himself in it. It becomes like a mirror. That silver is so pure, and its liquid form is so pure, that when he looks in it, he sees himself. Are you, are you, are you getting where I'm going here this morning? Are you about to get on the same train with me? You see, God wants us to be that pure. God purifies us with His all the things that we go through and all the things that we do and all the trust we have in Him and all the love we have in Him. He purifies us to where when He looks at us, who does He see? He wants to see Himself in us. He doesn't want to see Milford. He doesn't want to see Anybody, somebody pick a name, I don't care, Alicia, me, definitely don't want to see Tim and Tim's reflection, don't want to to see that, what he wants to see is himself, but my question to you this morning, and my preaching this morning is going to be, what do others see in you, what do other people see in your walk? Are you a reflection of God? Are you a reflection of something else? God wants to see Himself in us. But what does other people see in us? How do we walk our life on a daily basis? People at the gas station, people at the grocery store, people at work, people anywhere you go, what do they see in you? Do they see you and your actions? Your behavior, your attitudes, or do they see God in you? Hmm. Getting kind of mean, huh? Getting kind of mean, ain't it? But you know what? God's tired. God's tired of looking at the world and seeing the world in us. Sometimes He sees more of the world than He sees of Himself. So what does He have to do? When the silver ain't clean no more and the gold ain't pure no more, what's he got to do? He got a lot of fire under, don't he? He got a lot of fire under. He got to put you back through the heat. He got to put you back through the torment. He got to put you back in that liquid state of purification. And then we get mad, don't we? We get aggravated. Why am I going through this? Why does God keep testing me? Why is God... Why, 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 why? Can I tell you something, folks? This right here will tell you why God keeps doing it. 
God's mercy for you is forever. God's love for you is forever. Once you accept Him as Lord and Savior, you're His. And what's He going to do with His stuff? He ain't going to have no dirty stuff, is He, Katie? He ain't going to tolerate no dirtiness. He wants you purified and clean. So He's going to be that refiner that keeps on refining you until you get right. Oh, but they are. The Bible says ain't none of us right. The Bible also says we're supposed to get that way. We're supposed to work at that. We're supposed to put out an effort to do it. But how do I do it? How do I become what God created me to be in the first place? Does anybody really know how to do that? It's simple, guys. First thing you got to do is you got to accept His Son as your Lord and Savior. You want your life to start getting better? Start accepting the Savior. I'll say that again. You want your life to get better? Accept the Savior. And then you got to do something else. Getting saved is step one. And I know I preach on this a lot. Y'all ought to know it by heart. Because I preach on this a lot. Not only do you have to know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you also have to be obedient to the Word of God. I see some You don't want to be obedient to the word. Because if you're obedient to the word, what's that mean? You gotta walk the walk. But see, we play. Y'all ready? Pick your feet up. It's gonna hurt. We play God a lot. We play that Christian card a lot, don't we? Oh, I go to church every Sunday, man. I'm I'm diving I'm getting that bit. Did you see that stupid fool over there doing blah, 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 blah? Did you see that? Did you, did, did you hear what they said? Do you know what they did last week? What are people seeing? They ain't seeing God, are they? What God said was in the case where people were accusing Him of stuff, you among you who have... No sin in your life cast the first stone. And the Bible tells me that the elders, the older people, now y'all get, y'all get a grip on this. The older people were the first ones to drop their stones. You know why? They had more sin, didn't they? Those older people had a lot more sin than the younger people did. They dropped their stones. Then the middle-aged folks dropped theirs. Who was the last one to drop their stones? The youngins. Because they thought they didn't have as much sin as the other folks did. Took them a little longer to realize what he was talking about. How much sin is in your life today? If you had to drop your stone, would you be in group one, two, or three? And if you're in group three, what are you going to do about it? You better drop your stone and get back in the fire. You better get back in the pot and get refined a little bit. Today we use the Holy Spirit as our fire, don't we? The Spirit of God is our fire, folks. When the Holy Spirit gets in you and He starts talking to you about what you ain't doing right, what do we do? Be honest, what do we normally do when we start feeling that guilt and that insecurity and that 
unrefined. What do we usually do? Huh? Sometimes we hit our knees. Sometimes we blame other people. Sometimes it's not my fault. You shouldn't have made me mad. You shouldn't have done this. You it's not my fault. Whose fault is it? Yours. Where does your sin come from? Yeah, look at me, don't we know what's going on. Just look at me. We know what's going on, so just be cool. Our own self is the problem. You understand that? We don't have that ability. Sit back. It's okay. Calm down. She's going to be alright. She's going to be okay, y'all. So, where are we going this morning? What am I talking about when we talk about refining something? What am I asking you to refine? Your reflection of what God is in you. When you step out of the building this morning, and you start your work week, and you start your school week, and you start your retirement week, what reflection are you going to be showing? Are you going to be showing a reflection of sin? Are you going to be showing a reflection of hatred? What about the reflection of racism? How about the reflection of judgment? Is that you? If it is, what do we need to do? What do we need to do with that? We need to put some fire on it, don't we? We need to put some word of God to it, and we need to do what Christ said to do. Christ said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I got news for y'all. Y'all may not know this. It may not be apparent to y'all. But I love me. I love me a lot. So I gotta love y'all as much as I love me. How hard is that sometimes? <laughs> Depends on who you are. Depends on what you're doing this week. Depends on how you're living your life. But you know what? God's word does not change ever. He said, Love your neighbor as you love yourself. But there's something he said before that. Y'all know what that was? Love God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. How many of y'all can honestly say you love God with everything in you? I mean, really. This is not a time to say what comes, makes you feel good. It's a time for you to look inside you. Where is your reflection? What are you reflecting out of yourself? Are you reflecting a little bit of God? And a whole lot of you? And a whole lot of the world? Are you reflecting out a whole lot of God? A little bit of the world and a teeny tiny bit of you? Which was God want to see? He wants to see all of you. He wants to see Him in everything you do. Is that an easy walk? No. Sure it is. Sure it's easy. If you let God and the Holy Spirit lead your steps, if you look at things through the eyes of God, not through your eyes, you can do it. You can live by the Spirit. 
If you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, to guide your steps, to guide your thoughts, to guide your actions, the Holy Spirit cannot go against God. We can. But that Holy Spirit can't. There's a battle that goes on inside of us, guys. It's a battle between flesh and the Spirit. It's a hard battle. How do I win the battle with my spirit, not my flesh? I have to give my whole spirit to God, don't I? And the thing about it is, where is my where is my ammunition? Now, I know a lot of y'all like to collect ammo, right? A lot of y'all like to store back pile up ammo and guns and stuff like that. I know you like to do it, but I'm gonna tell you something this morning. This is the best ammunition you can get. This is the solid ammunition that you can have. Because this ammunition will defeat all enemies that come against it. It will defeat all things that come against you. Now I ain't saying having a gun is bad because I got one. I ain't saying having ammunition is bad because I got some. No, I ain't going to say that. I ain't going to lie to nobody. But this word of God, I will tell you right now, if you don't have it in your home, you better get it there. If you ain't got it in your life, you better write it in your heart. If you ain't living by this word of God, you're going to die by the sword. The sword will kill you. But the word of God will not let you down. People will fail. Right? All the time. God never fails. God will not let you down. No matter how hard you try to make it. Oh, did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No matter how hard you try to make God fail you, He won't. Come on. He won't fail you no matter what you do. Come on. Because like I've said time and time and time again, it ain't about you, boo-boo. You don't belong to you no more. You killed your flesh. And the Spirit took over. Y'all got me? Y'all focusing on what I'm talking about? You see, God's Word this morning said that He is like the refiner. He will refine you. Oh, Joe, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know how bad my kids are acting. You don't know how bad my wife's talking back to me. You don't know how bad I'm talking back to my wife. You don't know what my job's doing to me. My job rules everything in my life. Oh, you better not let it. You better let God rule your life. Even when you've got to go to work, take God with you. I said it last week. The best job in the world is the job when you take God in there with you. Amen. Oh, but Jared, if I talk about God in my job, I might lose my job. Can I tell you something? If you don't talk about God in your job, and you don't put God where He's supposed to be, you may lose your job anyway. Amen. Hmm. Hmm. Is somebody thinking this morning? Is somebody wondering, where's J.R. coming from? What's he laying out to us this morning? I'm laying out something that every one of us in this room needs to hear. God does not want us part-time. God wants us full-time. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. When he looks at us, what's he want to see? Himself. When other people look at us, what they better see? God. They better see God in us. 
Because what happens when you go out there and you tell everybody, Oh, I'm a Christian. I go to that biker church over there. I'm a good Christian. I go every Sunday morning to church. I never miss a Sunday. I go to Bible studies. I do all everything God tells me to do. And you go out there and live your life like hell. Huh. <laughs> you live the world. And you look at the world as your foundation. What are you showing them? Are you reflecting God? No. What are you reflecting? You're reflecting the world. And if you live in the world, what's going to happen to you? You'll go to hell with the world. And I'm sorry if you don't like that. I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings. You live like hell, you're going to hell. You better start living like God lives. You better start doing what God tells you to do. Oh, but Jared, I don't know everything he tells me to do. Okay, I can live with that for a little while. But I'm going to tell you something, there's no excuse for it. I don't care what your excuses are, there's no excuse for it. The Word of God has been around for over 2,000 years. It's written in a book. It's on your cell phone, it's on your computer, it's on your television, it's on your radio, it's on... Where can you not go to find something about God? It's on t-shirts, for God's sakes. It's everywhere you go, there's something about God. So whose fault is it if you don't know what God expects from you? Church. Now I'm going to tell you something. This church, this church is probably one of the strangest churches you'll ever go to. It really is. Because we have Sunday morning Bible study, Sunday school class in here, 915. Church service at 1030. Sunday night, church service at 7 o'clock. Monday nights, we kind of take a little break on Monday nights. We have meetings and we have all kinds of stuff going on on Monday night. Tuesday night, all you men, come on in here. There's somebody here to teach you something about being a man. They're going to teach you manly stuff. They're going to teach you how to be a man. And who's going to teach it? The men. The men teach themselves on that night. Charlie kind of Runs it, but mostly the men talk about things that bother men. How do you sharpen iron? <laughs> Andy just, she loves to get ahead of me. Iron sharpens iron. Men talking to men about men things help men get along, don't it? Teaches us how to do stuff. Then on Wednesday night, Jimmy comes in here and he teaches a terrific Bible study. Thursday night, Diane's in here. She takes you back into history with historical stuff about God, future stuff about God. She puts God out on the table. Right. And then she puts it out on the internet too for the lazy ones. That, I mean, the ones that can't make it here. <laughs> and she has her phone. Then on Friday night, I teach a class on, it's called the Word. It's one word. We take that word and we break that word down biblically what it means. We've been doing it for almost a year and a half now. And we ain't out of words yet. There's still a lot of words that we can use that we study on. We've repeated a couple of them a couple of times because sometimes you just have to repeat stuff, right? And we're back to Sunday again, aren't we? Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Uh, yeah, I forget about that part. The women get together on the 1st and the 15th. 1st and 3rd. Saturday. <laughs> okay. 
first and third Saturdays. I'm not a woman, so I don't keep up with that schedule. I don't even come up here during that time because I ain't coming into a room full of women like that. God gave me better sense. But women come in here together and they sit down and study the Word of God together and they learn about things that women need to learn in the Word of God. Share your, your stuff. It helps build you up. So there's plenty of opportunities, is what I'm saying. There's no excuse for anybody in Wiley, Texas, Plano, Texas, Murphy, Texas, Levon, Josephine, Ponder, Princeton, Thormersville, Garland, Mesquite. I don't care. If you live within 100 miles of here, there's no reason you can't be here to learn the Word of God. Because I guarantee you this. You let me offer you a 50% off Christmas sale 150 miles away from your house, you're going. Am I right? Yep. Amen. But if I offer you a free gift of God, Western Park Drive. Or I didn't get off work till 5.30 and I had to get home. I can't get there by 6.30, 7 o'clock. I guarantee you one thing, Barbara, let me preach. <laughs> and you're right. If I offer y'all a free meal at every Bible study, how many of y'all going to be here? Everybody. Who's going to be here? Everybody. I'm going to offer you a free meal starting this week. I'm giving y'all a free meal at every Bible study this week. You come on in here and we're going to feed you. That includes anybody that comes. You will get fed on the night you come. Huh? And I promise you, you will leave here satisfied. Amen. Okay? Who wants to take me up on it? Raise your hand. Chickens. Y'all know what's going on, don't you? I'm going to feed you something you need, and it's the Word of God. We're going to treat you the Word of God. We're going to show you how God intends for you to live. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm going to ask you one more time. I'm going to ask you one more question, and then I'll start to close. Y'all believe that, right? I'm going to ask you one more question. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you have Him in your life as your Lord and Savior? Okay. Second question is, if you believe in Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, do you live every day of your life to satisfy Him? Do you satisfy Him? When He looks at you, do you does He see Himself in you? Every day. If not, let's fix that today. Let's make a rededication to Christ this morning. Let's rededicate our lives to serving God the way He intended us to serve Him. You're okay. That's cool. Christian brothers and sisters, our life with God has got to be not only for us, but for others. What you have inside of you has to come out of you. What you portray to other people really testifies to who you are what you believe. If you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, 
You need to live that way. If you believe that Christ is the answer to all your problems, start depending on Him. Show Him the truth of who you are. Because it's not about us, it's what we do. It's about what we do to show others who they are. If you live your life like hell, what are you showing other people? You're showing them how to live like hell. If you're not showing them God, you're showing them the wrong thing. How do I get the strength to do that? How do I get the courage to stand up for God when it doesn't look like there's any God in the room? You just ask God to do you. You ask God to come into your life. God is merciful. God's mercy flows every minute of every day. It's up to you whether you receive it or not. You can walk around defeated, broken, unhappy, lonely, beat up, depressed. Can I keep that list going? Put it in your life what you are. If you want to continue living in that life, then ignore everything I'm telling you. But if you want to defeat that stuff, tap into that Holy Spirit strength. You see, the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not through JR. Not through Luana. Not through Barbara. Not through Kathy. Not through Tim, not through Dave, not through Ray. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. And how do I get Christ into my life? How do I get Christ into my life? First off, I've got to invite him in. Second off, I've got to let him stay there. And I've got to beat him. i got to give him clothes and warmth and love. Huh? I gotta give him everything about me to him. And in return, what's he give me? Eternal life and everything I could possibly ever need or want. The Bible says that if we come together in agreement, that he is there. Two or more together, my name. I know. Did I tell you something? If you've accepted Christ your Lord and Savior? You're never one again. Right. You know, we, we look at marriage and we say marriage is where two people come together as one. Right. It's actually three. You get it right. It's you, your spouse, and God. You want a successful marriage? Put God in the middle of it. You want a successful job? Put God in the middle of it. Amen. You want successful children? Put God in the middle of it. You want a good relationship? Put God in the middle of it. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, put God in the middle of it. You want a good television station? Put God in the middle of it. You want a good radio station? Put God in the middle of it. You want a good car? Put God in the middle of it. He'll take a war out of Yukon and run it all over Wiley in Texas as long as God's in it. You understand what I'm saying? You ain't got to have a Cadillac. Nope. That GMC will do just as fine with God's Word on it. Of course, that Volkswagen needs to be there too. 
So I'm asking the question this morning. Do you need God in your life more than you've ever needed Him before? Hey, a person in this room really can't say yes to that. That's right. Including me. Are you willing this morning to turn your life over to God 100%? 100%. If you're not willing, we go stay here another hour or two. And we can go through some more scriptures. And the Holy Spirit's going to deal with you. Is there anybody in this room right now that the Spirit of God is moving on them? They're saying you need to do something? You need to change something in your life? Maybe you just need to change the way you think about life. Or maybe you just need to come up to these altars and ask God back into your life because you kind of walk away a little bit. Get up here. Get up here. Come on. Come on up here. Because God is in the business of restoring things. He's in the business of restoring relationships. I'm not. Stay right there. Let's pray. How many of y'all need to do to teach yourself to God this morning? Come on. How many of y'all need to say, God, I've been doing it, but I ain't been doing it right. I've been stepping out, but I'm stepping out in the wrong direction. I'm not stepping out with the right attitude. I'm not stepping out with the right guidance. Come on. Don't be ashamed. Don't be down. Because I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says all the sin that comes short of the glory of God. If there's anybody that needs to lay their life out to God this morning, you? if you need to, get to these office and pray. We got all morning. We ain't got we ain't got a time frame. Valley Street closes at two, not twelve. Anybody else need to give their life to God this morning? Something? Give something to God that you need to just lay down to Him. Is there something in your life this morning that you want to change? There is one. We're going to keep this song going for a few minutes.
head bowed and every eye closed. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning. I pray that the words that were spoken here today touches somebody's life. I pray that you become more and more what God intended you to be. I pray that your day becomes better, your week becomes better, your walk with God becomes better, more prominent in your life. If God becomes an asset, and you become an asset to God, in the name of my Father, my Son, and my Holy Spirit, I ask that you forgive us all and to walk with the future of this name. Come back anytime. You're welcome here anytime you want to come. Father, I pray breaking of addiction this morning. I pray breaking of financial woe this morning. I pray breakings of health problems from people. I pray healing to come to the ones that need healing. I pray for each and every person in this place today that you go out of here with a new life and a new spirit in God. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Everybody agree with me, said? Amen. Amen. Liz, you got something for me this morning, bro? Come on. It's your turn, bro. Come on, let's talk to him. Amen. We done heard the beautiful word of God. Amen. And I put it in your heart. Jesus is coming, and if you ain't ready, you're going to hell. Now, vamonos! Thank you for joining us today. If you have prayer requests or need to contact us, please email us at bikerchurchwileytexas at gmail.com or call 214-283-0620. Please send all written correspondence to 303 Highway 78, Suite 103, Wiley, Texas, 75098. And if you wish to make a donation, please make all checks payable to PSMM. God bless you and have a great day.